Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to the Cecil Man podcast, one in a limited series in which some of the biggest names in business, fitness, fashion, and more tell us about their careers, their style, their routines, their mental health, and much more. We are recording today's podcast from the lovely Kensington Hotel. Thank you very much for having us, Kensington Hotel. And bear with us if you can hear any rustling in the background. We are very grateful to be here in this lovely space. Hello and welcome to today's SL Man podcast. I'm Georgie Corrish-Cole, the founder of Sheer Ducks, and I am joined by the editor of SL Man, Charlotte Collins, and also by today's guest, David Gandhi. Hello. Say the two words, male supermodel together, and one name springs to mind. David Gandhi shot to stardom as the face of Dolce & Gabbana light blue in the noughties, and has since become one of men's fashion's most recognisable names and faces, fronting campaigns for the biggest brands out there and starring in everything from 50-foot billboards in Times Square to coffee table books, and later contributing to British Vogue, GQ, The Telegraph, Evening Standard, and more frequently topping the most influential and best dressed lists, he has recently applied 20 years of fashion experience to the launch of his own leisurewear brand, David Gandhi Wellwear. Plus, with two young daughters, life now looks a little different for the legendary model. He's here with us today to talk career, success, fatherhood, style, and if there's time, there's a lot to get through, <laughs> uh, much more. Uh, welcome, David. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us. Okay. So, lots to talk about. God, what mm. a... That was a nice intro, a, actually. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I read that. I, I thought, forget, gosh, we've been really... He's done very well. You've done very well. You've done very well. didn't seem to be sitting around for the last 20 years, <laughs> I think. So, can we talk about your early life mm-hmm. and how it shaped you and how you became David Gandhi? I mean, tell us a bit about your childhood. Where were you brought up? What mm-hmm. did it look like? What was it like? Very, I suppose whatever the definition of normal is, quite normal, I suppose, really, guys. It was, um, I was brought up in, in, in uh, Billericay in Essex, went to Billericay Comprehensive, went to university. What did you study at university? I studied um, multimedia computing and marketing, what which actually, you... in hindsight, kind of like the way the world has gone. Yeah, so right, forward thinking. Was, yeah. What did you um, want to never, do? Never wanted to touch a computer again after. <laughs> um, but, I, but I weirdly left, actually. I, 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 one thing I learned from, I say, one thing I learned from university was I shouldn't have gone to university. Hmm. I wasn't particularly academic. I was quite frustrated because actually I could be but I, I just wasn't. So, um, yeah, well, I, I, I literally had a few modules to go and then decided to uh, to leave. And you had a happy childhood. You had siblings. You had, were your parents yep, together? Sister. Yeah, parents together, still are. I uh, was with my dad at the rugby for his 70th birthday on the weekend. I'm uh, still very close. I mean, the only probably, I say, the, the sort of the not normal side of what we did is that my, my parents who, um, sort of especially my dad and my brother, they came, all, all came from like East London, all came from probably quite impoverished backgrounds in many ways. But my dad and mum sort of started companies. The, the word entrepreneur is used way too much nowadays, but basically that's almost like what they were. They just started companies after companies after companies. So I saw them, they were always around. We always sat down for dinner, but 
they worked from seven o'clock in the morning until midnight. You know, so so they, had a, they had a pretty good work ethic. The, the great work ethic, which is, I always sort of say, is a bit of a bit of an East London Essex thing. I always call, it, call us grafters. Yeah. Um, and I think that's why so many, there are quite a few successful people uh, from there. And yeah, the only other difference was that my parents, because they, they didn't go to university and uh, they weren't particularly academic either, is that my dad um, really wanted to teach us things by travel. So by the time I was sort of 18 I had been fishing for Parama in the Amazon and wow. seeing the you know sort of the brown bears in Alaska and all over Europe all over America you know had walked to Machu Picchu had done all these wow, incredible so done some things. pretty cool stuff by yeah 18. no absolutely so I mean people think that's just from from you know from the modeling game but it's not it, what, I, what I businesses were they in did they they were in um but they were in freight forwarding first of all and then they were in property in Florida so of course we were, we were in Florida as well um, but that's, and you learn so much. I mean, that's probably why I, I kind of had the ethic when I went to university, I'd seen all these places, all these you know, sort of communities and the other side of actually how people live um, in, in, in the developing world. Um, and actually saw what there was to offer and th exciting things to see. And I think a lot of people can be extremely, you know, ex you know extremely well read and tell you about a lot of things, but they've never experienced it. Mm. So. And I had. So when I came to, I mean, I met David Attenborough once and I could talk to him about trekking for gorillas in Uganda, you know, in, in Uganda and having sort of sundowns in, in, on the African plain and catching piranhas in the Amazon. There's probably mm. not that many people that could to that God, extent I need go to change to up our family holidays, I think. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think I'll, I'll drive around uh, California is looking a yeah. bit basic. You, you, did, you did need a holiday to recover from my father's holidays. That's, <laughs> that's the only difference. What happened after university? So university, um, I mean, a housemate of mine sent me in for a modelling competition on this morning. Um, no way! Mm. Is that it? Yeah, and that's that's how I ended up somehow. So a housemate of yours at uni yeah. said, "Mate, I no, didn't even you. tell me. Just sent pictures in to Richard and Judy. Yeah, mm -hmm. the original. Yeah, of oh, <laughs> OG. And um, yeah, it it kind of went from there. Never thought of being into the you know fashion industry or a model or anything else. Are and we into clothes and things at no, that point? No. There's a difference about being into clothes and wearing what I presume is being stylish in some ways. So I, I did used to shop at vintage stores and sort of stuff okay. like that and kind of put stuff together. My mum always said, no, you, you always from, from a young age, you knew what you wanted to wear and how to kind of like put it together. So you she sort of eye. left me to it. Yeah, I suppose. Well, some people might argue <laughs> I have a nice When you go onto this one, they say we need the person that enters you into the competition. Because, of course, actually, um, Select, they called me up and they said, hi, David, you know, she put my contact down. You're coming in for the modeling. You know, the didn't have a clue what she was talking about. So actually put the phone down on. Um, and then I spoke to Abby and she went, no, no, I put you in for a competition, call them back. So I called them back and we went on. And um, yeah, so uh, Abby wouldn't want to come on. I knew my mother wouldn't go on because she she's just would be petrified of talking cameras. So I just went home and told her the day before. I said, by the way, ITV turned up tomorrow. Uh, you can't say no, you have to say yes. So, so you just needed somebody there with you? You have to have that person okay. apparently. So she was, yeah, she okay. got roped into it. And you won? One, yeah, yeah, yeah. Won that competition, which you then you uh, laughingly sort of got a, a contract with Select. Um, I loved it. That's, I, that's I, how I, Blue were formed as well. You is know, it? Oh, yeah, okay. they used to right. really propel careers. Okay. Well, I've, I've done okay from it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, well, no, that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it worked. Okay. Um, and you, how old were you at that point? Twenty-one. Gosh. Yeah. So and I so, came into obviously the industry as well. And you Select know, signed you. Select signed me. And did you did it take off straight away? No, not at all. No, no. I was I wasn't particularly that big at the time, but I was much bigger than the guys 
who were um, in you know sort of getting all the campaigns and were sort of flavour of the month. I think it was it was kind of the age of the Dior guy, the skinny androgynous guy. Right. So bigger, you mean like height, broader, yeah, broader, you know, sort of bigger. And and I always played lots of sports and I you know I worked out at university again I wasn't because I was still fairly youngish I wasn't that you know, particularly that big and I just carried on training and working out and got bigger and and because that really to me was how I am happy you know I, I it wasn't a lot of people think oh well, you have to train because you're you know it's your job it's your modeling I was like no no I trained way before that mm. I played sport you know, before I could probably walk in in, in what many was, ways. What are your sports? What are your ball sports? Uh, well, I played anything just to get out of school. So if if there was some, you know, I just literally played everything. So I could. I was on the football team, rugby team, cricket team, water polo team. You know, if there was, you know, if there was, if I could have got into the, you know, women's netball team, I probably would have tried <laughs> if I was too young. Maybe not for the game. Um, so, so can you talk to us about your time before, I guess, you hit the big time? I mean, we, we all think of that as the G&G campaign. It, it, it was. So, um, I mean, there's a funny story that I, in the second um, year of the shows in Milan, so I, I, in my first year, I did the Dolce & Gabbana show, the only show no one else wanted me to do anything. But Dolce saw some sort of potential. And then on the on the um, second season, I went back and I was up for another big campaign. But with Dolce, is you 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 fit for and, and drive thing on, and they style you, and then you go downstairs, and everyone has the same haircut. This is how they did it at the time to make you all Dolce to have that sort of. You know, if you look back, you'll you'll see the reference. Yeah, I guess with women as well. It's, yeah, it's, it's uniform. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. so and Dolce are always like the, you know the first big show, and I just said to them, guys, I'm I'm literally on on, on option for this, and they want longer hair so if i do this i mount I, I i you know can't cut my hair and um dominico and stefano literally said well you don't have to cut your hair but you won't be in the show or cut your hair and be in the show so i said thanks very much and i walked out wow so um and then didn't get the job it wasn't the best weekend um, do you? i mean i guess you wouldn't regret that now but when you when you look back do you think that was reckless or was no, it right no, to stick no, to your no, guns no not at all i've always mm. been my own person mm. and um wasn't being told what to do. You make a decision. Mm. You're self-employed. What, what people don't actually realise is as a model, every model starts off, you're self-employed. Mm. So the agency and you know, the don't employ you, you employ them. Mm -hmm. That's why you pay them a percentage. They, they do a job to you. It's, it's mm. often seen the other way around. Mm. Um, so you are you are in charge of your career. Yes, you can take advice. Yes, you can. You know, you, these are experts and have got you know done things for people's career so they should know but it's up to you mm. to really know what to do so no i've always been if i didn't think something was right I've, I've never been scared of um walking off a set or just saying no no this is not right for my for me or my brand or or anything and, oh, and what, about it. what was life like in those all those years i mean i guess now you still do you still mm -hmm. work with brands but but and you have your own brand and we'll come on to that later but what was it like being a model? And did you gel with the others? I mean, the, uh, you're quite normal to be a male model. You know, you could quite easily work in finance. Do you know, you know you're obviously a good looking man, but I, I can't imagine that there are that many. Who, who's your idea of a model then? Well, I think there is a bit of a stereotype. And I think probably, you know, I think of my husband, my brother's friends. They don't know any models. Mm. They don't have any model friends. It, it's just, it's a very different world. Mm. And and I guess that's just that's just interesting, isn't it? That you're a man that loves sport and I, I quite alpha male. And, uh, but, but all the guys in the... Are they? they are they? But there's not... There's not a factory that churns them out. <laughs> no. Although I, I think there might be one in Texas because everyone <laughs> in Texas who comes into the industry is far too good looking. Um, but, you know, Paul Scholfer was off a building site. 
Kmos, mm. I believe she was, she worked in a fishmonger's. I'm mm. not quite sure if that's right, fish and chip shop. There's, you know, you're found on the street. Mm-hmm. You're found anywhere, really, at the end of the day. It's not now that people, I think, aspire. They go and say, well, how do we get into modeling? Mm. I'll go to the modeling agencies. I need here to get, to get spotted. No guy was doing that at the time. But also, really. right, maybe your personality and being normal, in inverted commas, is what, you know, set you out. I'm sure you'd be mm. the first to say it's not just about the way you look. It's about the way you interact with people, the connections you make to get to a certain place, right? Look, I mean, the, 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 the first thing without sort of saying that people are, can be objectified or anything is it's an industry based on predominantly your looks. Mm. That's it. You know, I've just has to cast people. Uh, you know, for for well wear, and I've done a few other castings. Now, I would love to say I'd, I'd love to pick people on their and personality. Now, there is part because I actually want them spokesman for my brand, and, if, and as a, as an ambassador, you you are slightly cast. I'm different, but actually, you're based on do you fit the look for that creative, or it used to be. Now it's different. Mm. Now it's engagement numbers, social numbers. You're you're kind of chosen on that, and you can't take offence to that. It was not you don't really, you're just not right for our creative. This mm-hmm. you might be next year, you might be mm. the year after, but actually, right now, you're not. How that was communicated to you sometimes is tough but you can never it, there was no there's no it's not personal no. it's basically business mm. and, and, and but is that a male view i mean did you did you ever take rejection badly you know i think as a female model mm. you know you're the wrong size you're not pretty enough or you're too this or too did you I, I think as a man it's it's easier to be like water for ducks, ducks back onwards do, uh, are you a resilient person? Did it You've got to have a thick you? skin in this business. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's it. You can't take offence to anything. I mean, you know, I'd, even you know, after Dolce and, I, and, and the, you know, the brand was building, you know, I, I was I was pulled off last minute of big name shows because I didn't fit the clothing. I was still too big for them. So you're literally pulled off in front of all the other guys, and and you're told to, you know, sorry, you're not you're not doing the show after all, which. Again, you just sort of make light of really. Mm-hmm. It's um, you could be any reason. You know, because I was there was a, another campaign which um, I just shot with uh, Scarlett Johansson for Dolce, and then we I was cast for uh, something else, an alcoholics brand, and we went to go and shoot it. And Scarlett was doing it as well. So of course, me and Scarlett sort of went, "Hi, how are you? Good. Have you seen the Dolce? It looks great." And you could see the room went a bit quiet. And then Scarlett sort of went off and we were supposed to get makeup and everything else. And I was kind of put into a bit of a corner. And you always know when someone, no one speaks to you or looks in the eye that you know something's mm. wrong. Mm. So I was like, should I be getting rid of you? You know, sit there and David, don't worry, we'll come and speak to you in a minute. And then obviously they don't want to talk to you. So then the agent called you and said, yep, because you did a completely different brand with Scarlett, they don't want you to want it. But of course, they're not going to get rid of Scarlett. Okay? Now, you can say it in that two ways. That's disappointing. Or I went, okay, they still had to pay me because I was there. It was yeah. their mistake. <laughs> okay, fair well, I, I, rented yeah. a, I rented a nice sports car and went off to Carmel, Carmel for two days. <laughs> now, you know, that, that to me it was a win-win that. situation. Not a, bad, not a bad outcome. <laughs> no. Um, was there a plan B? Had you not, had your friend not sent your picture off to her this morning? Um, not hugely. I wasn't a person that particularly knew what I wanted to do. There was a, there was a funny thing at school, really, that, you know, I, I, my passion is cars always have been you know that my passion goes into that now with reviews and i build classic cars and i work with jaguar land so that dream is almost sort of um what car do you drive what on day to day yeah jag but then i have i've renovated classic cars so i love renovating stuff houses Ooh. cars design everything so i you know i get to feel that passion but no one ever you know suggested Maybe you should go into cars. You know, cars are, you could be an engineer or a designer or anything else. It was, it was a weird thing. You'd, you know, at school, I remember doing this test about what you should be in life. Oh you used to answer God. all these questions. That was it. That was yeah. basically your total idea. Con yeah. yeah. I yeah. hope they're better at that now at school. I think psychometric yeah. testing is pretty freaking clever yeah. these days. Do you remember actually. what you got? You remember I, I, re- I remember 
I just remember getting a list of career options that were totally unrelated. So sort of one was a nurse, the next was a firefighter, and then there might be a computer programmer or something. Yeah, yeah. And it wasn't any of those, but it was just arbitrary. It was a con, basically. Yeah. And I think I was would have been the only one who hadn't done it. So. I remember getting magazine editor. That was a, what a, a strange. I've actually edited a couple of magazines in my time. Okay. But I mean, oh, I not something I was yeah. definitely going to do. But um, yeah, but, but I mean, before that, I mean, going back to sort of after that, it was. I was green into the industry. I hadn't aspired to be in it, and I didn't fit the, you know, the look that was needed at the time. But you know, fashion, as we all know, sort of goes in circles, and so is the look of the models. And um, I could definitely see this potential of going back to um, the way I perceived male models were in the eighties and the nineties. The Levi's guys, um, you know, Avedon, Bruce Weber, the Marietta Testino, the Ralph Lauren guys. That's what inspired me. That's what inspires me into fashion, mm. and that had to come around at one point. So I did a lot of catalogue commercial work, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. What made you stick it out just because you could see that end goal? Yeah, a bit of patience and end goal and having mm. a plan to where you want to be. Did you enjoy it? Um, I enjoyed the travelling. There wasn't much of a challenge doing catalogue commercial at all. And then the challenge was to get to where you wanted to be. So I'd grown from more kind of boy to then man by the time I was like 25. Mm. And then we could, and then I just said to Tandy Anson, who's the owner of uh, Select Model Agency, this is not what I want to do. And she said, if you're on very good money, a lot of guys would kill themselves to be where you are. And I was like, it's just not, you know. I, and I would, how old were you at that point? At 25. And what, what earning good money, what is that at 25? Um, oh, you could earn anything from 2,000 to 10,000 a day kind of thing. And and at what point did it get really exciting? Did you think, right, this is me, this it, is my it, career? I, it, was it the D and G moment? No, I mean, that was that's the dream moment. But there was so much to do to implement before you could get to that because I was seen as catalogue commercial model. So then you had to recreate yourself as editorial with you know in the industry. And I suppose you had a I suppose a bit more respect within the industry that you're not just catalogue. Yeah. So I guess for people listening, can you explain? So catalogue pays the money. Editorial. Editorial, you don't get paid for anything. You just don't get paid. This but, is this is this is something my father still doesn't understand. I go and go and show him the covers of magazines, yeah. and he was like, "Has that pay well?" I'm like, still, Dad, after twenty years, <laughs> you don't get paid anything for being on the cover of a magazine unless it's connected to a brand, a contract. So no, so yeah, you don't get paid anything. And that's but you're investing in yourself, and that's your that's, yeah. You know, predominantly what you do. So, and, and you work for lots of brands for free worry. as my, well. My dad still doesn't understand how Sherlock's makes money. So, you know, there's <laughs> any the, consolation. Blog, darling? <laughs> Are you a shop? Could you? I need something today for your stepmother's birthday. No, we're not a <laughs> shop. <laughs> no, still not a shop. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, so money was never the motivation? No. No. Never. Probably plan B was I, I would have worked with animals somewhere. I would have gone off to Africa to go and work with animals. Mm. But I get to do a little bit of that with charities I work with Batsy Dogs Home and stuff like that so um, so how did you make that transition you decided to stop catalogues yep that just started from there was a shoot by Tandy's now husband which is Lawrence Thomas which no one realises actually is the catalyst to how it all started we just shot a completely different way that no one shot me before that then led to a led to a, um, a few editorials had to give up all the commercial work all the money earning basically um, and, and be on nothing go and do the rounds in New York I mean there were times in New York and, th and this is obviously no word of a lie we were I used to do it with my friend uh, JP um, who weirdly actually came and came and did some work for me at uh, Model for Wellwear the other day so we were reminiscing about being in you know sharing hotels horrible hotels in New York sharing a bathroom with the whole floor and 
we couldn't we just couldn't afford anything to start off with we 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 would look I, we would go, both uh, go around our castings and note down uh the coffee shops or somewhere or the little restaurant the diners that would have the deal one for the hamburger or something that day it'd be oh, like nine dollars so we'd have to kind of go there yeah and get a tip together as well and wow. then go to you know some great party mm. in the evening of course okay, and then yeah that's basically drinking yeah. up champagne you won't care about the shared bathroom <laughs> um and why New York? Did you, is New York key in that to make it? No, have that you it's got to be a fashion capital, London, Paris, Milan, and, and New York. I, I love New York. Um, it was probably where it was more commercially viable so for some of the brands in, in many ways. Um, but Tandy is the genius. When we started this, she, she said to me, you are Dolce & Gabbana. That's basically your, and a lot of people went, no, no, you're Armani, you're Ralph, you're something else. And, and she went, no, Dolce, you're Dolce, you're Dolce, you're Dolce. And she orchestrated, obviously they knew me because we'd had the first couple of meetings. Yeah. And then she orchestrated for me to meet them again at a birthday party. And I did. And they turned around and they went, David, good to see you. And I was like, and, oh, and, it's you. Yeah, <laughs> no, I wouldn't change his hair. Yeah. Um, and what? yeah, that's when we started from there. And then I did the campaign with uh, Stephen Mizell. In, in 2005 and then I went to go and do the show again um, and then there were rumblings of there's new fragrance we're negotiating on it you've got it get on a plane to Naples get on a plane to Naples not knowing who was shooting what the creative was anything obviously it turned out to be light blue and I was on a speedboat with Mario Testino which is then that was exciting you know that's <laughs> that's the dream it got good then that's what that's yeah. what everyone kind of thinks I think modelling is all about that's what they think everyone is doing did the floodgates open after that was there a total shift in how you were seen, treated, approached in the industry? Did you feel it after that? A little bit more respected. Doesn't again, you know, when when people talk about the brands I've worked with, if you think about all the brands in the world. If you actually look at the brands I worked with now, Massimo Dutti, I still do a bit of work with, and they actually I worked with Massimo Dutti before Dolce and Gabbana. Dolce and Gabbana, I still work with, of course. But if you actually name other brands, it was just I was loyal to the brands that before had used me and given me the opportunity and I wasn't going to go off and do Valentino and Armani with, and I was asked, you know, going to do show and stuff when I'm Dolce. Mm-hmm. And that was it. I was just Dolce um, and still am. So there was just a respect of, you know, there's a lot, a lot of models, they'll do all of them and they'll do lots of different and they dilute they dilute their brand. They're, they're not focused on one other brand to work with. So we sort of went off and it, there was a strategy behind that. that I was going to say it's a bit more, uh, yeah. But this, is, this, this strategy came from talking to the female supermodels. So when I got to work with them, I asked them, how, how did you get here? How did this come about? And they ran it as a business and their agents ran out of business and they had teams behind them and a strategy. It wasn't just you sat there and you got a call and you went off. You, you, we strategized whether this was the right move. Yeah, Kate where Ross was is with Calvin it? Klein yeah. and she's lost that brand and that's exactly. got her mm. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and were you getting advice? Did, did you, I mean, you've, you've brought them up. Tell us about them. <laughs> Did you hang out with those kind of big names in those days? And no, no. I mean, I I, I worked with them. I didn't. I've I've never. I've, I've got to say, I've never felt like I was part of the cool fashion crew in many ways. You know, like I mean, if I saw Kate, we would say hello and give you a big hug. 
Uh, anyway, I've, I've, so he but, was part of the big. No, 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 I honestly wasn't. It was, but I, but I've met them all, and, and I've done the Olympics with them. So with, with, I've never worked with Kate. I've never worked with Naomi. Only at the Olympics. I've I mean, never Naomi shot with them. at the Baftas. I know, ridiculous. Yeah. hell. I know. Looks absolutely fab. She just oh. did the cover of Vogue, didn't she? With, yeah, she uh, with, did. With Amazing. Looks, looks absolutely fab. Yeah. You see, there's the longevity for you. Yeah. The other thing where people have presumptions about fashion industry, well, you haven't got long left, have you? You're not going to be in here mm. for years. Well, look at Naomi, look at Kate, look at Chrissy Turnton, look at, mm. they're the examples and you yeah. carry on. So where that presumption, there's a lot of presumptions about fashion, about modelling. Yeah. All of them were. But I think, I think wrong, the, the, the most, the ones that are still so, you know, in our minds, front of minds today, are the ones that have used it and leveraged mm-hmm. it and yeah, gone on to see other things with it. So, yeah, you know, yeah. I guess there is a yeah. there is a time, but it, it's, it opens up so many opportunities. Yeah, and I've always, there's always been a plan for me. I mean, a lot of people say, it's not the way to establish something. I've always said like five years, I want to be here five years. Now that changes. It's like a game of chess. You, you know, you move your pieces and sometimes you get something earlier, sometimes you don't get it at all and you go from different directions. But there was always a time that <clears throat> I want to do a collaboration. That was that was after sort of you know twenty twenty eight no sorry two thousand eight by two thousand twelve. I knew I wanted to be collaborating because people had asked me where it wasn't the right time, and that's when we then worked with M S and started modelling for them and started with their collection and then saying hang on can we collaborate on something which we did. So I did Dave Gandy for autograph, um, but that you know that Love was that yeah that was yeah. that was strategic I love again autograph. really. There obviously we've just named so many women and and you know. Why is it, do you think, are you the only male model who has been strategic? Like, why is it that you're still the only, ne- you know, we all know all these women, these me- female supermodels, mm. we, there's so many household names, but you're still the only guy. Is it, have you been more strategic than others? We had to put a name to, so my idea was, and this also sort of sounds, so I looked at it from a totally different point of view. Every model will say, I want to work 300 days a year on this. But my idea was like, why do you want to work 300 days where you could work four days, be paid four times the amount on an exclusive contract? That in my logical head, Mm. and it probably sounds a bit big headed. They were like, well, but you'll never get that. And I was like, well, of course you can if Mm. you brand right. But there was just lots of everything in my career has been, you can't do that. You won't get that. You won't do that. No, no, no. And I suppose there's a bit so of, there's that, a bit is of, that yeah. self-belief? Where, I mean, where does that come from? I think it's, I suppose, self-belief, patience. Not everything comes patience, off, of course. Patience is a good yeah, one. Which no one has now. Does that you know, motivate so, you I when people say that? You, well, you, tell, said, tell you someone, come across as someone quite patient, David. Yeah, not always. <laughs> tell, tell someone now coming into the industry, you know, they'll go, well, how... A lot of guys go, how do I get to where you are? And I said... Time. And I give them and I said, well... First of all, I didn't get to where I was for the first five years. Mm. And that was the beginning. That was only the, the catalyst of the platform to build that then to where we are, to where we were in 2012, I, I had um, lunch with Effie mm-hmm. the other day and he was probably the most in-demand model in the UK yeah. right now. I mean, he, Male he, model, yeah. yeah. And, and he said it took him... Took him eight years, and now literally he is—he's mm. turning down work left, right, and centre. But you know, he's yeah, like, yeah. So that, him, that, that's, that's, that's a clever years. thing. So you already can tell that someone's looking after him, or he's—he's he's looking after himself. I hope the right way is that it's more important what you say no to than what you say yes to. Mm. So when you put your that's brand, good advice. when yeah, you really put good your advice. brand up somewhere, everything has to then really yeah. mm. does it match that? Is it yeah. going to damage that? Is it going to you know increase that brand mm. sort of awareness? And um, did you think of yourself? as a brand and did you sort of think of right this is my personal because I think whatever career you're in that 
yeah. that has a place that like you have to think of yourself. It's, and it's in this freelance world well. that we're in in particular, yeah. you are your own brand mm -hmm. and, and you've got to be strategic. Mm -hmm. Did you... There, there, is a, there is that side to it that when people talk about sort of like you know, David Gandhi autograph or now Wellware and these brands... They David, all fit. Da David Gandhi was that before. Yeah. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Mm. I, I'm David Gend, of course, that's my name, but there was a brand and an image and, and how could we, and that's when other doors you know, started opening and you decide whether to sort of engulf on those, like the writing, um, you know, working with the British Fashion Council, being the ambassador for men's fashion. We, you know, I mean, everyone wanted to jump on in the end, the back of men's fashion week because they were getting so much coverage from it. But I started that because I wanted to help the British Fashion Council and wanted to, you know, just be one of the pioneers of British, fat, not pioneers, mm. but of the, you know, of the Men's Fashion Week, which had never mm. happened. Um, and then that, because I, was, I turned up in, at the time, which was my love, which was tailoring in three-piece suits, everyone then, of course, were in three-piece suits saying, oh, you know, who styled you? So I've <laughs> never had a stylist in my life. You asked me if I had a personal trainer. I've never had a personal trainer in my life. That's all me. And that was just interpreted. So you're then, basically saying you've been pretty authentic all along to who you are. Everything's authentic, and, and, and that's paid so, off. And yeah, and yeah, it kind of totally yeah, makes I, sense. I mean, if I say no to something now, it's because I I, I just don't believe I can talk about it authentically. Mm. Yeah. A lot of the brands either approach me or we approach them and say, look, listen, David's being a fan of the brand, or you know, is there a, you know a collaboration or is there a working relationship? Because actually, he's a or they see me you know, sort of talking about that brand or I'll put it on social, not because they've paid me to, it's just because I think this is brilliant. I think what they've done here is great. And that's because of how a lot of relationships start. The Vitabiotics, now I've been going for many years, that started from those guys walking out of an office, having another meeting with someone else and going, oh, can I just introduce to David? And I said, oh, Vitabiotics, well, I've used you since I was 20 years age. Like, great product, congratulations. Um, you know, and they're British as well. Yeah. And they were just happened to be looking for going out of the more sports orientated sort of advertising ambassadors and that's how that one started and it's mm -hmm. when we said on you know we say on the on the advertising brand, well, i've used this since i was 20 that's the first thing that's i said to true. them so yeah absolutely true what are some of your happiest moments what stands out as being really happy throughout the, mm, the career life. Mm. my goodness <laughs> so many of them it's been the most incredible adventure it still is the light blue obviously because that was you were happy because you you knew probably something was going to 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 sort of come from that and then sort of you know there's other proud moments you know the the but, but I remember trips and you know, I remember just being with the greatest teams and the loveliest people sometimes it was you I you, everyone sort of said sometimes you were with the, the most incredible crews and you used to come home actually be on your own mm. or on a flight on your own and it, just these memories of everything traveling the world and being 
you know, not all the crews are are great, and and um, but just so many, you know, launching <clears throat> David Gandhi, you know, auto, bringing an autograph, um, a line of people going down Oxford Street to come and have their photo taken, and you know, Dolce and Gabbana of when we did Light Blue and. Everyone was talking about that evening, how Milan was closed down, and it was pretty much because I was doing a signing. And I'm, as you say, hopefully down to earth, and I was like, why are these people coming to get my... And we were there for hours, just signature and photos, signature and photos, and that's, you know, that's why I love Italy as well. But um, <laughs> And then all the different things, you know, the doors that have opened from the other side, you know, and some of them have been challenging, but the first time you, you write an article and it's in Vanity Fair or The Telegraph or GQ, like, it's a pretty proud moment mm. in some ways. Um, writing is also very difficult for me. It's not um, so. Yeah. Talk, talk to us about fatherhood. Yeah. I mean, this is SL man. Um, how how is it been? How did you feel going into fatherhood? I mean, you got two children, three, and you said five months. Yeah. So you're sort of in the thick of yeah, we are those, in the thick of it. Um, those early years. Like, how has it changed you? How? Have you struggled with it? Have you I mean, found it no, easy? No, I mean, the, the working environment, I mean, my life from that point of view is now, my life is dedicated to the children until they probably go from school and then we can have a bit more time, but it's that is dedicated to them. And of course, everything you're doing now is hopefully building their future as well and to put them in the best possible position you can. I've gone from having, and the pandemic hasn't helped, but you know, 60 odd flights a year and going all the world to a, there's just me and Steph, my partner. We don't have any you know, real help and our families are kind of quite far away. So I was never going to leave Steph on her own to everything. So I've made sure that all the companies restructure everything to make sure I'm in London. Now, I love traveling. I love being on planes. That's the thrill of me sometimes. Uh, well, the thrill of the job is just traveling. And of course, I'm not doing that anymore. So it's hard to adapt, but I'll get home tonight and go and bath the children and read her a story. And that is just the best thing in the world. Like uh, like all mum and dads, you can probably say you have the biggest lows and the highest highs you know, with children. You are, you are constantly knackered, uh, as you can probably see. Um, you are, you're tired and... We've got good lighting, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> and um, there's no manual to parenthood. You, so, you learn so, on the so job. So to, to other fathers or soon-to-be fathers, I mean, what yeah. advice would you give them how have you coped how do you get through the lows i mean i, I think i think it's really important that men and fathers no, talk we, about I, these things yeah, yeah we, we were actually talking about sort of there's almost like there needs to be a podcast or something to actually talk about this because no one and granted we we have the easy part in many ways we don't have to give birth we don't have to go through pregnancy we all recognize that but afterwards i think then men now we are probably the first generation not to have been like our fathers who were probably more hands-off they went to work and mm. they didn't probably cook or any of those things does now your, does your partner work she does as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. she has her potentially leave and then she, she's a barrister and then she goes back to she's a very sort of um so she's very very successful as well completely different obviously industry <laughs> to me but yeah then then there's that balance and act as well yeah. of course so um but with uh we've done okay so far but we are the first generation of men and no one's really talked about this that we do have to take more responsibility and be there for, especially if your partner or mm. wife is is uh, is working, then we are the cooking, the cleaners. And, mm. you know, I had a unicorn hat on this morning playing with my daughter at seven o'clock this morning. Um, you know, it, it's it's taken on a different role completely. What do you think is the key to being a good partner? Um, a good partner? Mm. I think understanding and support, kindness. Kindness to me is everything. Never judge anyone. I judge, I'll judge someone on kindness. Doesn't matter what they look like, what mm. their skin color is, what they do, what they say. It doesn't. It's it's down to. Is someone kind? Nice is a horrible word. 
Mm. Nice as a descriptor. My English teachers in A-level said, never use wise. Nice, mm. it's the worst descriptive word ever. <laughs> Kind Kindness is different. You'd rather be described as kind than nice. Yeah. As well, and and you, yeah. you just need patience and that is, you know. Can't you go out of your way for someone else? Mm. Nice. You just, and just, not expect yeah. anything back. I think yeah. that's the thing. At the mm. moment. You do something, you do a thing for other people and not expect anything back. Mm. And I think um, I, I, I get it wrong. Of course, like mm. being a partner to Steph, I get it right sometimes, hopefully. Um, there's never everyone's different. There's no there's no right or wrong. And the same with parenthood. There's no right or wrong. We're all learning. Mm. I mean, it shocks me really. You know that, that pretty much for everything else in life, you need exams, you need to take tests, you need to do anything. One of the most important things in life is you give birth. They check if you've got a babysitter and you're good to go. Mm. I know. I mean, it's bonkers, not. isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely mad. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I tell friends, you know, sometimes it's it's close the door, take twenty seconds, literally count to twenty few deep breaths go back in or think about turn around you know turn around what you're how you're going to approach this and then go back in is that with your child or your child? Child? <laughs> i think both actually <laughs> i have children but i definitely need yeah, to do yeah, that yeah but i, I think it, i think that's important is I, I in many things we're in a world where everyone straight away just has an opinion talks about i think sometimes about thinking sometimes mm. you just especially with children just take a deep breath and then go back in mm. and approach your linear in, in a different way there you go that's the tip on patience you're after la pause mm. <laughs> quite have you always had robust mental health is mental health anything you've ever struggled with i mean again this is an area that you know men are not very good at talking about i know my husband sometimes i have to sort of doing the sit down we need to chat mm. approach doesn't really work it's far better that you know i drop something in and then it'll slowly come out and i can sort of tell yeah you know, by the end by the end of the evening he's going to feel a lot better but you know he's not a man he's like to have a chat. Mm. No, I, I, uh, but, I, but it's. It, you know, I've, done, I've done a lot of work with this. A lot of work with um, mental health um, organisations, charities, everything. That so no, I haven't. It's I've been through some dark periods, which I've always said I have. Um, have and you had counselling for them? Over no, years? no, no. I've kind of worked out how to discovered probably should have. Um, Shouldn't we all? That's what I always mm. say. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we all should. But um, I found I've, I've sort of I know the way that I work. So we're with Wellware, we're working again with sort of the mental well-being side of stuff. So I, I, I prefer the word mental well-being, mental health straight away, I think, puts connotations on the people that yeah, isn't right. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's very difficult to describe to people mm. um, if you haven't suffered from some sort of, sort of you know, mental well-being problems. You, you just can't describe it. And it's impossible for someone to actually understand it. That's why there are professionals and that's what we say at Wellware. I can talk about how I deal with mine or how I've dealt with it in the past. Um, but it's not the way for everyone. Mm. You need to sort of work it out. So one of the things I don't like is, is the fact that when people go, men need to talk more. And you go, great. Where do you go to do that mm. then? Who has the answer? We need to talk to each other more. We talk to each mm. other. We need to understand each other more. We need to have patience as well. It's like, you know, we're, we're, again, going back to being in a world of we're so polarized. You're the right or wrong. Mm. You're, if, you don't, if you don't like what I'm saying, you're wrong, I'm right. Yeah. That's not true at all men's mental health it's you know the biggest killer of men yeah. under 44 mm. i believe which is so, a, so which I, is a mad statistic uh, i'm going to stand by stand by my point i think mm. men do need to talk <laughs> and um what I a therapist actually said to me she said it's not always about talking it's sometimes about listening it's about listening to other people and how they've remedied problems as well yeah. which is why i when i spoke to her and she's a professional and I don't think any of us here, I could be wrong. She said, sometimes it's about listening and hearing other people's views and thinking mm. that's a good way of, mm. actually, I never thought of that. So of, of how I've sort of got over something or how other people have achieved it as well. Mm -hmm. So, and there's got, of course, different levels um, until you, know, you need to go and see someone, that's it. 
at the end of the day. But we need to accept that, you know, men are allowed to show weakness and... Mm. Absolutely. You, know, you don't have Absolutely. to put on this yeah, front all the time. Yeah. Anyway, um, let's change the subject entirely yeah. and talk about style. Okay. Um, you said that you had no eye and you were shopping in vintage stores and you were younger and putting things together. Mm. I mean, well, where is awesome i'm a massive fan my husband is a massive fan we're all seriously yeah. i mean serious team yeah. converts yeah, yeah. I mean, seriously i will watch you shop this weekend yeah i bought my husband so comfy several three things for christmas mm. and he lives in them I, every time he comes down in the white oh, the waffle. oh no no the white, white sure color. not the one with the oh, right. sure color yeah mm. everyone's okay. like that's nice mine wears the waffled button down yeah. henley Looks so good on him. And the gilet. Yeah. That's his My friend the other day I sent him, and he, um, really funny story, because he said, I just got a date because I was wearing your short collar. And I was like, I don't know how that works out, but tell me more. <laughs> he said, so I was in a lift, and the woman said to me, love, can I just ask what the, what that is? Because it's really good. And he said, oh, it's new David Gandy. Well, we're at short collar. And she said, it's great. And he said, oh, they got in talking and went on a date. And I said, well, if you get laid, then <laughs> you really need to give me a really good review. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then he, yeah, he messaged me about a week ago and said, uh, yeah, I owe you a review. <laughs> so Excellent. I knew exactly what that, what so there's that a meant reason immediately. To buy. I was going to say, men yeah. who are listening. <laughs> yeah. Your sales are about to go through the roof. Exactly. You've got short collar. We're going to see every other man walking down the road in a white. But how would you how would you classify your own style and have you like purposely curated it and my yeah, style is hard, hard to really to, to to put it what it is there's there's definitely a sort of classical to anything we're talking about a short collar this is nothing new it's been around for you know like it's kind of modernized version there's a modernized there's a you know a, 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 it's never been made into a sweatshirt that yeah. I know of before so yes but there's always a classical element to it um, and that's coming from my love of tailoring but. That's the other side that people haven't seen. They always saw me in the tailoring because I was at events or for the British Fashion Council. Or, but I'm probably the greatest advert for, for, for the T-shirt ever. And if you look at Dolce Gabbana, or, uh, you know, you look at James Dean, Marlon Brando. What are they all in? They're all in a white T-shirt. You know, it's one of the most unutilized sort of elements that men actually realize in their wardrobe. But you've got to get the right T-shirt for you, the right neckline, the right fit, the right, right material. I mean, so yeah. when men don't understand, you know, there is you don't just buy a T-shirt and it fits. Mm. You know, there's a certain what? What makes the perfect white T-shirt for you? To me, I like a like a lower neck scoop collar, which is what we've designed. Yeah. And everyone it's used to ask me for it. <laughs> um, again, lots of men don't like this. We've got the ultimate T-shirt, which is, you know, we, we haven't done anything revolutionary in that and just get the material absolutely right mm. and then add in you the well wear, breathe the antibacterial, the anti-odor into it. So that was where we were setting ourselves, you know, setting it apart from other brands really by by putting this technical side into mm. well wear and putting apparel and wellness together for the first time you've got to be quite ripped i think for a for the lower for a low scoop. scoop a bit yeah. of scoop yeah but then we um, have that you know, we have that in the office you know so charlie taylor md is not well built you know he's an ultra marathon runner and everything else so he's just no i look ridiculous in <laughs> scoop necks and you know they're my favourite. So yeah, you're a good what balance. we're saying is I'm, I I didn't go into this going well. Scoot nap should be for everyone. We're saying no, all the guys there's in options, the office yeah. and there's plenty of options. Yeah, for yeah, it. yeah. Um, are there style rules that you live by? I mean, it's a bit of a cliched question. No, 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 no colour. No. Never believed in rules. So I'd, the only style rules I always hear that women always say that's me. Go, oh, we should never wear brown in town. I go, shouldn't you? Okay. Never heard that You're, before. You are wearing brown in town I've today. Never so I've never, never heard that one before. Yeah, no. Never wear brown in town. It's, it's an old adjective. I quite like it. No, but um, yeah, we hate my shoes. Until well, they. you never wear brown yeah. anyway. No, so. I'm not a big no. I know, but no I'm not sure that's for you. I, 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 love I count that out. That's right. I think that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, um, well, that's the thing. I don't own a pair of trainers. You don't? Really? 
Well, you do because so you go to the gym, but you don't no, not. Plimsolls. Plimsolls in the gym, do they you really? Train. I do in one pair of trainers, and they're a limited edition by Henry Paul of with Adidas, but <laughs> I, don't don't ha- I don't have a pair of trainers. So you wear... That's easy over there, honestly. <laughs> don't have a pair of trainers. He doesn't have a pair of trainers. No. Okay. So I am... So So it's boots every day? Uh, boots, shoes, yeah. I mean, I take the dog for a walk every morning. I'm in my Sorrells and Barbers and mm. then go to Chelsea Boots, which... What have you everything. got against a trainer? Nothing against a trainer. It's not no. yourself. Just not me. Mm-hmm. I dress for me. I don't dress for... I don't dress for trends. Never say, people come to me, what's in trend? No idea. No idea what's in trend. Where, what, look, you, where, what looks good? Mm. Not trying to fit into a certain no, no, crowd I'm kind just, of thing. I'm just so, defending yeah. the trainer. I think that... I <laughs> no, think no. That... <laughs> you know, I made... So Larry King, who is coming, you know, Larry King hair. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, we've been best friends for many, many years and we're now investors together in businesses. He will say, you look, just take the trains off, you look so weird. It's not Like you. if you're on a shoot mm. together. Like I, you know if you ever put trains on a dog... And they walk funny. I actually yes. have never done that. But yeah, I, actually, if you you've seen tra- those, like, that's me in a pair of trainers. Like, I'm definitely going to put my dog in some trainers tonight, though. And he's the biggest trainer guy in the world. You know, yeah. he's like, what? You know, he's just a collector of trainers. But it's just not, it's not me. So I've, I've, you know, it was always I just worn to me jeans and t-shirts and great jackets, great coats, great sweats, sweatshirts mm. and hoodies, and that's what we went into. You know, like mm. to with well wear. So again, it's authentic so, to what I've worn. Um, just on jeans, mm. quickly. Do you have brands that you particularly you're very loyal to that you that uh, you, so, you yeah, wear? I mean, um, what I can't stand with any brand, something we're not going to do well. Whereas when you find something and then they change it, that kills me because I want to go back mm-hmm. to go and buy that again. Um, Frame, they're my go-to at the moment, but I've been through you know Diesel, Dolce. I've got lots of pairs of, of course, but Frame are the the go-to Which at ones? the moment. Which ones? Yeah, uh, I have no idea what they're called. They're, <laughs> they're not like the ultra skinny, skinny, but I think they might be like the slim. slim. The I think Are you wearing called. frame today? I am wearing frame today, actually. Yeah. Okay. Other than well wear, where do you buy your clothes? So, um, a lot of tailoring. Uh, Tom Sweeney. So Luke and Tom, I know very well. They've obviously they were my tailors for many many years, and then they went into outerwear. So it's like a one stop shop, which hopefully well wear different category to. To, uh, to to Tom Sweeney um, with pricing point and everything, but that's where we want to be, almost a one-stop shop. So the guys who are loyal to Tom Sweeney, not only did they, did they go in to get their suits, they went in to then get their sweaters, their knits, their T-shirts, their loungewear. Um, yeah, it's sort of absolutely incredible. So that's... Drake's is great. Drake's is incredible. There's lots of brands. Uni- Uniqlo are a great brand. You know, they're probably... Yeah. We're, we're, I'd like to say we're a rival to them. We're not. We're absolutely tiny. Um, <laughs> well, we'll get that. You're better. Yeah. <laughs> tell, us, tell us about Well Wear. I mean, regular viewers, readers will know it because we have featured it on a summer. Thank we you. said we're massive yeah. fans. When did you launch it? When was the idea? What's, what was the mission? What was the USP? Yeah. Um, the, give the, us the... Yeah, the the idea is, is I, I wanted to own my brand or own a clothing brand. And to be authentic, I didn't know how to design. I didn't know about factories. I didn't know about anything to do with it. That's where MS came in. I did seven years of working with them, six years of working with David. So I learned that through MS. You're really the factories, the lead times, the design. And then it came back. I stopped, we stopped working together with, uh, with MS. And that's where the idea of Wellware came about. So we needed to, of course, in that point with, with lockdown, I mean, if you think of eight years ago, people weren't talking about loungewear. It's something that, we're not saying me and M&S sort of pioneered, but actually it was one of the first times I'd, we'd heard it and we'd made it look how it was to, for people to be able to wear when, you know, when at home or outside. So we carried on, but we needed to change the narrative. So that was bringing the, 
um, the you know the wellness side into it with the wellware breathe and the wellware care, and we're continuing that on our next couple of collections as well. So new technology being brought into the clothing because actually there's a, there was a lot of technical clothing in gym which you understand about moisture wicking and anti odor, but actually if you think you go to the gym you probably wear it an hour a day. And then you're wearing your rest of your clothing, you know, for the rest of the day, including your know, t-shirts and sweats and being at home in loungewear. So what if you put all that technology and made it affordable? And that's pretty much the narrative of where we were with wellwear, but to make it the most comfortable. So if you and look- it is so mm. bloody comfortable. Like thank you. I, I really. Uh, that is so genuine. It, mm. it blows my mind. It's incredibly well priced. Well, you put your price up. Okay. Um, it's incredibly well priced. <laughs> it is so soft. It washes really well. Mm. And yeah. uh, I mean, how have you done that? How is it so soft? Because I would say it's significantly yeah. softer. But also, how is it so comfortable with that? Is, everything's under £100, is that right? Yeah. Roughly. Yeah. Also, yeah, yeah. How I mean, have you I mean, done again, that? I think we, I think In and we around. sent you the gown. The, the, the gown is 90, I think £95. Mm. No, that was an idea. You know, a sweat gown. It's heaven. Super Lou luxury. We were like, why would you want to wear this? She does love it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we, the, the way we can do it, listen, the easiest way if you want to make a brand and you want to make money and make massive amounts of revenue is you don't make it the way we've done it. Or you do, you price it twice, you, mm. know, you price it twice the amount. Um, I wasn't going to do that. Mm. My line was always, you know, attainable luxury. That's it. You should probably be, you know, we're rivaling the most luxurious brands, but we're doing it for mm. much more attainable price. And, people knew me for the MS. We, we couldn't do it for MS. We're not made in China, Indonesia. We don't make it from... Where are you made? We are made in Portugal, in Europe. And we need to find factories that were have um, sustainable elements to it, renewable energy, using their water. Fashion production is one of the worst things for the environment. Mm-hmm. We all have to... Brands have to... And they are now um, saying that. But this thing is fast fashion. That's the idea of it, that people have got it into their heads that you shouldn't be buying T-shirts for £5. Mm. Or something, you know, and they're usually probably full of polyester mm. or cottons that are terrible for the environment. That's why we use you know, organic cottons or uh, the, you know, the better cotton initiative cottons and then bringing the style into it, mm. into that. So not and just it, making it, sweatshirts. And... Have you come up with the pieces? I mean, people listening, it's, it's, it's hoodies, it's joggers, it's sweatshirts, it's T-shirts, mm. it's what else? The gilets, the robes. Yeah. The gilets, bombers, T-shirts. Yeah, it's essentials. I call it essentials lifestyle brand. All That's basically what it is. So neutral colour palette. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't um, that we were saying you could have whole outfits. You can, of course. But, you know, you, you will at home, probably not so more going outside. But I wanted a piece of well-wear that you could wear in every one of your outfits a day. So even that was in the mornings at home, going to work with a t-shirt or a short collar or a bomber, going to the gym and then coming home again. So, you know, with, with our loungewear, you put your loungewear on and it's got the, the well-wear care and you come out of the gym and you're in the pyjamas or the loungewear and your skin's being moisturised by aloe vera. Mm-hmm. Does this excite you more than the modelling? I, I don't say I've exhausted the modelling side. <laughs> I haven't. I love the modelling. I mean, get, don't get me wrong. I mean, this is, I would never advise someone to start their own brand. Mm-hmm. It is so much bloody hard work. It's, it's ridiculous. But... So when I walk onto a set now, I'm walking. For, I'm working for someone else, and I don't have to worry about the creative direction and the margins oh, and who's yeah, in it and everything else. And 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 I walk yeah. on, get them, you know, get a lovely team. They make it's me look simple, decent. Really, yeah. Wear some clothes, have a nice time, have a nice lunch, and mm. walk off. And I don't need yeah. to worry about yeah. that. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I, I love that side. And I still think there's a few things I probably want to achieve more um, on the modelling side. In in the modelling, you know, mm. like being ambassadors and working sure. for brands and stuff. Who haven't um, you worked for that you would love to work for modelling wise? Put it out there into the universe here. Yeah, put it out there. What's um, it called? Manifest. Manifest. I mean, we have done, you know, that 
is what I believe Tandy did with Dolce and Gabbana. Mm. She just said, you're Dolce, you're Dolce, and Dolce. And we all, whether you put that out there, you, actually that's in your subconscious mm. to then orchestrate that to, 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 um, to move. I, I, there's no one really. I'm, I'm you know, I, I, I love so, so many brands out there, but there's not, I, I wouldn't need to work with someone and think I haven't ticked all the boxes, whoever I'm working with. There's just so many exciting things. You know, I work with Jaguar Land Rover, which I love, you know, absolutely love. Mm. If, you know, the design team came around and said, you want to come help me design a car? Okay, that would be a dream. <laughs> Never going to happen, but it would be quite nice. Never know. You could do some nice merch, though, couldn't you? Some well-worn merch we've, collabs with... with we, we've done, we worked with, yeah, we did this beautiful luggage set to match my um, the colours of my uh, Porsche 356 I renovated, and we, we, we worked with Bridge of Weir, and they this beautiful luggage set to go on like, this classic car. Nice. And I did think of something from then. It's, it's, it's very Globetropper, but, mm. you know, nice. sort of very individual. And I kind of thought then, I was like, you know, how many men would kind of want this actually if they mm. could have their car yeah. and their bespoke luggage oh, yeah. go with it? Yeah. Things like that I absolutely love. I yeah. think Palace is a is a very clever brand. Some of the collaborations that mm. they have done that have like catapulted them yeah. big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Just a brief, brief point on grooming. You touched on <laughs> grooming. That seems like a natural evolution. I've... It's something I've looked at for years, if I'm totally honest. And uh, we've spoken to many of the pharmaceutical agencies that I, or, or brands I work with. Yeah, no one's nailed it, if I'm totally honest. There's some good brands, some great female brands out there as well. But there's so many, mm. of course, mm. really, for women's skincare. Guys, it's a little bit... Um, they could do with something different. cool but simple, anyway. Mm. What do you cool, use? Cool, simple, and, and reasonably priced, because men aren't just going to go and slam yeah. no, you know, I mean, quite the money women Dr. La Dr. Lancer, which I'm, I've used for years, um, 111 Skin is good, mm. um, yeah, again, with getting men, you have to kind of keep it simple in, mm -hmm. in many ways. The Dr. Lance will use three steps. You, there's, I don't know, the exfoliator, the polish, the cleanser, and then the moisturizer. That's it. Polish? Yeah. It's like a fix. But I polish. actually do think now, like, you could, you know, start using, like, men with some, you know, under eye concealer and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Just a little easy sort of I development into it. I was just thinking earlier that, you know. That I need of, that. Uh, I do. Uh, well, I, do I mean, indeed. I now, that feels rude. But, you know, a bit of concealer can go a long way. I had such yeah. an enormous what I thought, God bless concealer. I'm very lucky. The other day, yeah. I said to my husband, can I just cover that up? And he was like, mm. no. And I said, it'll look so much mm. better. No, no, no. Anyway. So that's the kind of thing in the modeling industry. It's, it's, it's quite weird. So when men turn up, of course, you can change their hair and put a bit of makeup on. Yeah. Them. That's it. It's mm. like what you see is what you get you can't do. And then you know, the female models can go in and they've got hair extensions, mm. their makeup, foundation oh. and I mean, eye colour, you know. everything. You're just, you sit there somewhere. I've actually worked with a girl who's been on set and I've walked on again. Nice to meet you. And I've worked all day. Gone to dinner with her like for a team dinner that evening. Started speaking to this girl that I didn't think I'd, you know, who yeah. was new to the group. And she said, oh, you know, you've been working with me all day. Nice to meet you. I've gone, oh, my goodness, like, you look so different. I'm like, but men don't have that. No. Well, we, you have we, the beard. We have that. As we said on International <laughs> Women's Day, what do you like about being a woman? I said, clothes and makeup. Yeah. And lots of other things, too. And can you imagine if all you had as a man to raise your point oh, ranking was a beard? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Some Where good beards out there now. Really? That's the thing. Uh, David, some final words of wisdom, please, from... Oh, Someone who is clearly a very measured, balanced <laughs> man who's played the long game. Can you share some words of wisdom for our listeners? <laughs> just any, on just, any just subject. anything, on any subject whatsoever. What's the best My advice you've goodness. ever been given? This is really weird. I don't have any. There's no advice. that It's, it's like I said to you before, in many ways that people have always said there's been no a lot. No, you can't do that. No, you won't achieve that. No, 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 no. And there was no one actually in the field of modelling that actually had done it in the mat now to actually sort of uh, use that branding and take to the next step of supermodel is the word I hate, but at the top of the male modeling industry that you're perceived. So 
Not really. I mean, something I live by is like, never argue with stupid people. They'll bring you down to their level and beat you with experience. Mm. Love mm. it. So, yeah. so, so oh, don't, 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 don't waste your to, time. I need to tattoo that on mm. my arm. And then the other one is Billy Connolly. who said, never trust a person that when put in a room with a tea cosy doesn't try it on. <laughs> and that's... I think that's okay. quite good. Good rule to live by. <laughs> um, David, thank you so much. What a pleasure to chat to you today. Thank you for having me. It's been thank a pleasure. You. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for today. If you enjoyed that, then do please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends to listen to, and we will be back soon. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.